In episode 470 with Mark Victor Hansen, we talk about how to ask for anything you want and how to make that manifest into your life, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because Mark is one of the godfathers of personal development, and he is here today to share his years of wisdom on how to unlock your full potential, how to ask for anything that you desire, how to find your destiny, call in your soulmate, and so much more. And for those of you that have never heard of Mark, He is best known as the co-author for the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and brand, setting world records in book sales with over 500 million books sold. Yes, you heard me right, 500 million. He also worked his way into the worldwide spotlight as a sought-after keynote speaker and entrepreneurial marketing maven, creating a stream of successful people who have created massive success for themselves through Mark's unique teachings and wisdom. He is also a prolific writer with 307 books authored or co-authored, and he's also made a profound influence through his extensive library of audio programs, video programs, and enriching articles in the areas of self-development, life mastery, leadership, business, big thinking, sales achievement, and publishing success. Mark has also appeared on Oprah, CNN, and The Today Show, as well as many national print media. He is also a passionate philanthropist and humanitarian. And he is the recipient of many awards, and he is super passionate about creating a clean planet. And for everything that we have mentioned in today's episode, and there is a lot, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 470. Now let's bring on this incredible man, Mark Victor Hansen. Mark, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you, one of the godfathers of personal development, here with us today. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Wow. We have something interesting for breakfast every day, but today we had uh, avocado and uh, cottage cheese on uh, whole wheat toast with a green drink of chlorophyll because we think we've got to have a, a live body. And then on top of that, we had kefir. And on top of that, we had uh, three kinds of berries. We had uh, blueberries, strawberries, a little banana and raspberries. How's that? Oh. We really leave a nutrition like it looks like you do. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. That, that sounds amazing. I love berries. So you're eating a very tropical diet, which sounds delicious. Okay. So Mark, for those that have never heard of you, tell us a little bit about your story. Like how did you get to where you are today? How did you get into personal development? How did this all come about for you? Like, is this something that you knew you were going to do as a teenager and in your early twenties? 
give us a little bit of a backstory into how you got to where you are today doing the incredible work that you're now doing. Well, thank you for that. It's 1974. I'd been in graduate school with the brightest guy ever, Dr. Buckminster Fuller, Einstein's best student, a guy who did geodesic domes, Damaxian cars, Damaxian maps. And I was trying to be Bucky and I built $2 million business, but I hit during the oil embargo and I was building out a PVC polyvinyl chloride, a long time plastic. Couldn't get any 40000 a month. I thought I was a big deal, right? But I'm a 26-year-old thinking I'm a hotshot. I went bankrupt so fast I had to go into the uh, Biggest library in the world, New York Public Library, and I checked out a book, How to Go Bankrupt by Yourself. <laughs> so if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong result. For six months, I'm sleeping in front of another guy's sleeping bag, as in a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, for $100 a month. And all of a sudden, I, we teach in our little book, Ask. We say, ask yourself, ask others, ask God. I said, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? Because I'll kill myself if I'm not supposed to be here. And God doesn't answer that way. He does the opposite. And, you know, you got to get definite with the infinite. So he said, well, what do you want to do, mate, basically? And I said, I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. And I said, oh, that's cool. I'll write it down. I wrote it down. I go to my three roommates in, in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. I say, guys, anyone young talking that's not a celebrity, not a Broadway star, not a liar, lawyer, doctor, or somebody famous, and I need somebody I can relate to. And they said, yeah, this kid is talking. Here's my ticket. You go take my ticket. And the kid's out in Hawpaw, Long Island. It doesn't mean anything to an Aussie. But, you know, I erase my little beat-up old Volkswagen to bankruptcy courts and not take. And I hear this guy mesmerize the audience for three hours. And they were in the doldrum because interest rates here were 28%. Nobody was buying anything. And I went up to him, and I asked afterwards, because asking is the key. And I said, Chip, I want to do what you do. He said, look, kid, chance one in a thousand, you'll make it. Don't do it. Go do a real business. I said, no, this is what I want to do. Long story short, I started asking for talks, did a thousand a year for the first three years in the business. Only Tony Robbins and I, I think did that many. And uh, then the audience started asking me, do you have that in a book? Because you're the best storyteller I ever heard. And I thought, wow. So I quick did a book called Stand Up, Speak Out and Win. I sold 20,000 copies at $10 each, that's $200,000. Now in today's dollars, that's like $2 million. I was back again. I was in high float. I joined the National Speaker Association. Uh, the Dean of Speakers, Cabot Roberts said, you know, you ought to sell a lot of product. And he taught both Zig Ziglar and I to do it because he made the business. We can talk about that if you want. And I, it was like a rocket ship. And now we're getting written 318 books or co-authored or authored and uh, sold a half billion plus books. My goal is to sell a billion, which all you got to do is look online and see all my detractors saying nobody's ever done that and you can't either. And I go, oh, goody, I got to do it. So it, it's great fun. It's like, aren't you having fun doing what you're doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you see the radiance of your, ladies and gentlemen, some of you are listening by audio, I know. So you can't see it, but I'm watching her. And let me just tell you, there's three parts. There's the physical body, and that's great. The mental body, which is what you might have learned some in brain and mind. But there's a bigger thing here. Her spirit just exudes. Spirit and soul has no limitation. That's why Christ said, my house has many dimensions. That's a real Aramaic of it. And, and she is dimensional, I can tell you. For those of you that can't watch right now, it just you can see that she wants for you whatever you want for you. I bet I'm talking correctly on that. Is that right? 1,000%. 1,000%. And it, that just is a hitchhike. There's so many people that are going to go in a slammer right now because of COVID and the stupid economy and all kinds of political faceless bureaucrats doing silly junk. For those of us that are awake, 
those of you that aren't awake need to get with somebody. And if, if Melissa winds your clock, great. If I do great, if somebody, whoever, you know, hits your electric spiritual being, cause you got your spiritual before your physical and, and uh, body, I think I've never said that before, but you know, it, it's time to wake up because some of you are getting fired today and laid off and downsized and all kinds of sides. And the deal is if that happens to you, you're here to upsize yourself by upsizing your spirit by being a mentee to a mentor. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. That's one of the many blessings of COVID as it has forced people into transformation. It's forced you to look at what you're doing. It's forced you to kind of reevaluate every single area of your life. And it's put that firecracker at up a lot of people, which I think is such a beautiful thing. And we all need teachers. We all need mentors and guides. There's nothing wrong with that. Find who resonates with you when it comes to mindset, when it comes to business, when it comes to health or parenting or relationships. I have teachers for all of those areas and more in my life, and I will forever. That is how we grow and learn and evolve. So I love that you said that. Find people who resonate with you and get mentored from them, read their books, listen to their podcasts, and then maybe you'll spend three or four years or whatever being their student and then you might find someone else. So be open to learning from everyone because everyone is a teacher. And some are bad teachers, but they're good, bad teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So tell me about Ask, your latest book. Now you have, like you said, you have written a million books, right? And sold millions. I haven't written millions and I don't think anybody could really write millions. Well, it's it's like you have, you know, you have written so many. You were part of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which was turned down by 150 publishers, right? 144 publisher didn't like my partner, Jack. They said, hit the road, Jack. No, no, Jack, Jack Canfield's a great guy. I'm teasing. The point is, we did. they did not like, uh, they said, it's too nicey-nice, it's too soft. And don't you guys know, if, if little stories sold, we're Random House, for God's sakes. We would sell them. <laughs> I said, that's not what we're selling. We're selling heart-touching, soul-penetrating stories. And obviously, we've sold a half billion books, so... A lot of those people that gave us either pink slips or said, hit the road, you know, have, have come back and said, boy, we made a mistake, didn't we? I said, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Tell me about Ask because you guys asked for a dream publisher when you were knocking on those 150 doors and you got all of those knockbacks. How did you keep getting up and asking? And, and tell us about, you, you mentioned before, you ask yourself, ask others and ask God. What does that mean? Because we all have things that we want in our life. We all have things, whether that's to do with our health or in our career. But how do we actually ask and how do we make manifest what we truly desire? Okay. You asked about four or five questions all at once. I unwrap and remember all of them. And if I didn't, don't hesitate to go back. But ask the subtitle, Crystal, my wife and I, and she's the wisest woman I've ever met, says a bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And what we're saying, is that everybody is coded at birth and maybe before birth, because I think we chose who we're going to pick and spirit is forever. No matter what you call the God force or life force or, you know, infinite intelligence, you've got a code in you. And what you got to do is start asking yourself, because most of us go say, well, I'm going to grow up and go to college and get a job. Well, a job means you're just over broke. 
I want you to have a real MBA, a millionaire's bank account. And I, and I wrote seven money books, so like one minute millionaire and all that. So that say there's a one right, perfect, easy, acceptable way for everyone to make millions and millions. And it's true. And, and I can talk to that in a lot of ways from youngest to oldest. Anyhow, so Crystal and I have talked in 80 countries to 7 million people and people kept coming up to us and they're nice people, wonderful people, educated people, good attitude. But the difference between somebody who succeeds a little and somebody who's vastly successful is one thing only. They know how to A-S-K to G-E-T. And for us, that's an acronym you know, ask, seek, know, and knock. And then it, the G-E-T is gain every treasure. Because all of us got treasures, but the treasures aren't out here. The treasures are in here. Now, somebody hearing that for the first time goes, boy, this guy has loony tunes. But even the big guy said, Christ said, the kingdom heaven is within. It shows up without. And what happens is we all need to go to the kingdom within, get clear what you want. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to speak, I wanted to write, and then I wanted to market. And and I still want to do all that. I'm going to live to be 127 with options for renewal. So once you learn how to ask yourself, what is it I really want to be? What is it I really want to do? What is it I really want to have? What is it I really want to see? Where is it I really want to travel? You know, what is it when the game is over, whenever that's going to be for you? And we live as long as we expect to live. So you got to put that in writing. And I said, mine's 127 with options for renewal. But once you put that in writing, then you evolve to asking others and you've got to get like-minded others, right? And at the highest level, that's called a mastermind. Two get together, they have the power of 11. And, and Chris and I are two hearts with one soul. And I thought I wanted a soulmate, but I got a twin flame, which is the highest level of that where we interface at the best level. But then the third level is ask God. This is where you go vertical. And every morning we meditate and pray and cogitate and ruminate together for an hour and, and we literally, you can feel going into the altered states of consciousness. Now, those that study awareness, like your show, know that that's called cosmic consciousness. It has a lot of names, right? Self-realization. But once you're in a tune, once you're in alignment, once you're in that frequency, you get the answers. You know, when you had stop signs, you your mind will say, meet this person, call that person, write this note. And your life becomes smooth, beautiful, perfect, blissful the way, right? Did I over answer your question? No, that's so beautiful. It's really beautiful. So a lot of people might be thinking, okay, I need to get clear on what it is that I actually want and ask myself. That's the first step. So asking myself, what is it that I actually want in a relationship, in my career? What do I want to do? How long do I want to live for? What quality of life do I want? So we ask ourselves. And then the second step is asking others. So that piece for a lot of people is very challenging because they have that internal dialogue, the inner critic, or what I call the inner mean girl who says, who do you think you are? You can't, <laughs> you can't ask for that. You're not good enough or you're not smart enough. Who do you think you are? You know the voice I'm talking about. So how do you suggest that we move past that inner critic, that inner mean girl, so that we can ask for what we want? Two answers, and, and one sounds self-serving, but get two copies of the book, go through all 178 questions in the book, and you'll find out what your destiny code is. I don't know what it is, but our book reveals it based on the fact that we're getting hundreds of letters every day saying, holy cow, I didn't know I was doing the wrong thing. I'm an engineer, and I'm supposed to blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, we'll talk to that. Second thing is, I'm going to hold up the mirror with you right now. And all of them, we're giving them 100% permission to find out their own destiny code. Because we have a destiny code. Questions are the only thing in the world that reveal it. 
If you learn how to ask yourself, then you'll have permission to ask others. And as you bump forward in asking, you will grow in confidence. And we created a whole club called askthebookclub.com. It's free to everybody. And we're trying to teach everyone to become a master asker because if every one of us fulfills his or her full potential, we become no limit, fully functioning, self-actualizing people. And pretty soon, all, there's 8 billion of us around the planet right now. You're in a country that has a small population, but we all need to fulfill our destiny. And all of us have something really important to do that we should, I recommend, I, I don't want to shoot on anyone, but recommend that you wake up to it because when you're fulfilled, everyone has a job. And let me talk to that one second, Melissa. And that is on YouTube, we've watched all the, what are called near death experiences. And there's one university, Duke University here that did 20,000 people that died, went to the other side and they all came back. They all had the same experience. Some were dead six and a half hours, which technically you're not supposed to come back. You're brain dead. Every one of them was told by, I'll call it the big guy, the big girl, the big spirit, whatever you want to call it, because some people get flipped out with G-O-D as a name, right? And they're so dyslexic, they call it dog. <laughs> Anyhow, is it they come back and the big guy says the same thing every time. Your job's not done yet. You got to go back. And every one of them comes back and they do miraculous things, 100%, 20,000 out of 20,000 that they have studied. Therefore, I believe, Crystal believes, and I hope you believe, and, and if you don't argue it, and I'm okay to, with that, that we have this unfolding destiny or destinies, right? Because some people say, well, I'm 55, I'm supposed to retire because I got, or I made a million dollars, I'm 32, and I'm supposed to not work anymore. No, that's the beginning. You get rich so you got time, money freedom so you can buy time freedom so you can get passionately purposeful freedom so you can go make a difference that makes a difference that's significant. And when you really get significant, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for others. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. We all have magic inside of us. We all have a destiny and the world needs us to unlock our full potential and to share our magic with the world. Imagine if we all did that, we would have a much happier planet because everyone is living on purpose and doing what lights them up. We would be in a completely different place right now. So I agree, we all have magic inside us and we all need to let that out. But what would you say to someone who just has this really loud voice inside their head that is blocking them? It is literally blocking them. That's saying, you can't do this. Like that's not for you. You're not smart enough. You will never make a million dollars. You'll never meet your soulmate. How would you coach someone through moving past that fear? Okay. So several models in, but first one, get yourself a journal and start writing in a journal why you can do it rather than why you can't do it. Because Henry Ford years ago when he was building cars said, whether you think you can or they think you can't, you're right. So what I do at seminars is I have everybody write, I can't on a piece of paper, and then I have them cut off the T and they all crinkle it up, throw it forward, and we burn it. So the point is, all of us got can'ts, all of us got doubts. And then the second thing is back to your mentor, mentee, find somebody that sees more in you than you see in yourself. And all of us can find that person. It could be a pastor, it could be a a neighbor, it could be a partner at work, a business partner, a mastermind partner. There's always somebody or a third, if you can't do that, find a counselor, a hypnotherapist to hypnotize you past that. And my wife happens to be a clinical hypnotherapist, one of her many degrees trained by everybody from Deepak Chopra on, and just is a master at that. And, and she can translate something, just like Tony Robbins translates people and get them to walk on fire. Same kind of thing. All of us can overcome our fears. That's the point. 
Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And sometimes all we need is someone else to believe in us. And that's what I'm saying to you back a minute ago. You and I are here validating everyone that's listening, everybody that's watching. All you got to believe is that if you don't believe in you, believe that Eminem here, Melissa and Mark, don't believe in you. And if when Crystal shows up in a few minutes, she will add to the explosiveness of your infinite talent, infinite ability, infinite genius. Because once you get on whatever your destiny path is, you wake up to genius. Because back to a question you asked way early, is it my parents uh, came out of Denmark when Hitler wanted to kill my uncle had created black bands, bring every Jew into Denmark. And so he put a Hitler, uh, Hitler put a hit on all my family. So they were obviously smart, but they spoke Danish. My parents came here with no language skills, no friends, nothing. So Unfortunately, I grew up thinking I was a dumb Dane because that's what they said, because I, I spoke Danish rather than English. And what I discovered, what a teacher saw more in me than I saw in myself is, holy cow, not only do I love to read, but I'm really good at this. And I'm re- Forgive me, there are people out there don't like my writing, but I'm going to brag about myself for a second. I'm really, starting at 16, I was pretty good at writing. I mean, and it hasn't stopped and it, it just has gotten better. And I, that's the good news about somebody like you and I that gets to write for a living as you get more mature, theoretically, you get more eclectically wise. Hopefully that's the case. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Tell me, how did you ask for Crystal? Because how did that relationship come about? How did you call her in? You couldn't ask a better question, I don't think. So uh, I went through a very painful, expensive divorce. My uh, former wife had purloined some of my money. There's a nice big word that I'll leave it at that. Anyhow, so I got divorced and I thought, I'll never find the right person. But I, the rule is the rule, right? You figure out what you want by asking. Number two, you got the law is the law. You got to put it in writing. That It's magic part. The minute you write it, it's true. You just catch up to it. So I literally, and I'll send you a copy of a book that you can give to everybody, but I wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal wife, my soulmate, characteristics, values, virtues, because what do most people do? You're 16 years old. I want eye candy if you're a man. And if you're a woman, I want him tall, dark, and handsome. Those are nice values, but they're superficial because do you really get along? Do you have the same values? Do you want to really eat nutritious food or do you want to live on junk food and have a junk body? All the stuff we were talking about earlier, right? Do you want to really take good care of yourself? And if she had kids and I had kids, our kids had to get along. But 267 things, and I'll, I'll let people, a lot of people copy mine and then they say, well, I can write more. And I said, good, send me a copy because I, I want to do a book on it so people can start finding their ideal other person, because I believe out of 8 billion people, half are men or half are women. I still know what a man and woman is and believe that's the right model. But is it, I think there's somebody out there that you can synchronize in time and space with and perfection. So then the second part to your question, I'm doing a talk at Author 101. It goes great. At night, I'm at the VIP and I'm surrounded with people, but she's on the other side of the room. And I'd seen her heroic glow. And I just went, wow. And I found out she was divorced. And I thought, wow, that's like perfect. And, and some woman hit a glass of red wine all over her white pants. Well, gallant, I split out of my crowd like parting the Red Sea, race over, grab her hand and say, I think I know where the club soda is. I worked that hotel a lot, so I knew where the kitchen was. I said, you know, because I have to sneak in once in a while the back door like famous people do. And uh, we got that. And I said, if you haven't eaten, I know it's 930 on a Saturday night. Can I take you to dinner? But we can't eat here because there's thousands of people here that think... I should have their answer for them. And I can't, 
I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to them. So I take her to the best Hollywood restaurant. This is so cool. There's a line like 50 people long. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get in here with a $100 bill. So I go to the maitre d' and the guy looks at my wife, who you've seen her picture. You know, she's glamorous and says, who is she? Now, remember, I teach, ask. I said, you don't recognize her? Now his head goes spinning through People Magazine in style Vogue and goes, okay, I give up. Now, I, I told you, I'm Danish. She's Danish. I say, she's a queen of Denmark. He says, no, she's not. He said, oh, my God, she is. Back to question. I said, who travels with the queen? He said, you're the king. Hold on. I got a table, the perfect table and the best table in the place. I got goosebumps telling you because it's true. And that, that's corroboration of truth in, in my language. Goosebumps, goosebumps. And, and it, was, it was like that. I mean, and now we're there and we're goofing around. And we thought, now we got the head chef making a special stuff. And we can't tell him because you know, that would blow the whole zone. So I didn't, we went ahead of 50 people that are couples in line, but that's just what happened, exactly what happened. Did I over answer your question? No. And then what happened? You were madly in love. That's it. The end. We totally resonated with each other. And, and she said, look, I got... It was a summer. It was going into summer. It was May 28th. I remember the time perfectly <clears throat> and uh, 15 plus years ago. And she said, uh, I got to be with the kids this summer. That's my promise. And, and I can't really see you, but we could talk every night in the phone. So we didn't even have a relationship for the first three months. I could never date her or take, or, you know, it just, she'd made her decision with her kids and she's really faithful. And one of those 267 things and all that loyal and and I said, well, great. Well, when you're free, I would like to, you know, get together again. So, and we didn't, we just fell madly in love. And then every day I asked her to marry me again, once I'd fallen in, I was gone. I was done for, I was dust. And, he, and so the, one of our best friends is gold medal singer, Matt Hurt said, what happened? If you asked her to marry you every day, what did she say? say? I said, she said, yes. And he said, good, I'm writing a song for your wedding. And you can go online and listen to it. It's say yes one more time. And it gives me goosebumps to tell you, though, because it's so it's so sweet that that Matt Ferry wrote this great song for us. And it's it's a hit. But it wasn't something I could have planned. Because remember, when you're in your divine stuff, when you were doing your right livelihood, my model of hierarchy is that you have self-awareness, then you go to self-expression, then you go to self realization, like you're doing your right livelihood, as far as I'm concerned. Now, if I'm not, if I'm overstating what I think I see in you and all the videos I watched and how you've had 20 million downloads and all that good stuff, you can tell me, but then, then you go into the highest high where you and God are in, you're in tune with the infinite. And when you're in tune with the infinite, you're going to make some mistakes. Probably you're going to have some doubt and you're going to have some withhold, but by and large, it is back to that trip. I said a minute ago, it's, it's pretty smooth. Like right now, we have a, another new company that just is explosive. I can talk to, but that you didn't ask. So it's amazing to me how stuff is coming to us because we're really, we're here. I'm going to do one more big one. My macro belief is that, because I was with Bucky Fuller, we could make the world work for 100% of humanity, make us economically and physically successful. We've got the tool technology, the computer. We've got 40,000 satellites, thanks to my hero, Elon Musk. That never existed before. We've got communication, computerization. And, and it turns out that I'm in this wonderful place where what runs the front end of that is information. And as you know, Plato said, whoever controls the story controls the world. 
well, I can't control politics and I don't want to. I'm not a politician, but I am a writer. I am a narrator. I am a communicator. I am a messenger. My first band was called The Messengers, which is sort of prophetic, Crystal said. I'm a bass player. Not bad. Anyhow, so um, I really want to make the world work. And I and all these people are coming to me and every one of them to a person, which we can spark, speak to. I own MarkVictorHansonLibrary.com, a publishing company that's literally dedicated to changing the world. Because while other publishers are depressed, I say you've got to, back to when you're in tune with the infinite, you've got to express because you're either in depression or expression. And some people watching got to watch it. I've been to depression twice and hanging out by my fingernails. It isn't a pretty feeling or sight. I'm sure you've been there and we don't have to go there. That's mean girl. I'm sure came out of that. Exactly. Exactly. I've been there too. And it's definitely not fun and not why we're here. We're not here to suffer. We're not here to suffer. So. Let's go back to the relationship stuff for a second because, you know, I get asked a lot, how do I call in my soulmate? And if they're already in a relationship, they want to up level. They want their relationship to keep growing and thriving and flourishing. And me, I do too. Like I'm going on nine years with my husband and I want to keep growing and evolving with him. And I love that you got really clear and you asked for what you desired in a partner. You got really clear. You wrote all of those things down. So once we get clear on what it is that we want, what's the next step in calling in our quote unquote crystal? Perfect. Uh, you got to go to that. And sorry, I swallowed wrong. I was just so excited to make sure I swallowed. Anyhow, you got to go to that deeper, innermost, hiremost spiritual space and say, am I what I say I want in her or him? Meaning that I'm going to have to be faithful. I'm going to have to be loyal. I'm going to be monogamous. I'm going to have to stay physically fit, right? When I look at most of my peers, I go, you're in your 70s. I'm 74. I said, what in the hell are you doing not exercising every day? It's not like it's an optional thing, right? I mean, when you're a kid, they say, take good care of yourself. And I didn't know what it meant, but now I know it's not like optionally. I exercise six days a week. Today, we climb a McDonald Mountain at, at before dawn because it's a little hot here in Arizona. It's only 110 outside right now. And uh, you know, so it's a little warm. So when you're calling in your perfect person, you got to be the person that would equal that when you're doing it. So that's number one. To up-level your relationship, let me go back to a story. So Crystal and I are falling in love. We're back in California in Costa Mesa. We're at Mother's Market eating a green meal. And it just we're thrilled to be with each other. And there's this man of the cloth sitting there with a little white collar and black suit. And he said, look, you two, I can't help but see how in love you are. Do you mind if I tell you what it takes to stay in love and stay happily married forever? Don't really want you to interrupt me, putty, but okay. So what is it? He said, well, I'm 92 and I've run Billy Graham Ministries for the last 70 years relationship. And what we discovered is one thing only works. And that is you pray out loud with your significant other in the morning and at night. Honest to God, I'd never heard it. I'd prayed at funerals. I'd prayed at weddings. I'd been to Holy Man Jams with Ram Dass and Deepak Chopra and everybody, right? I'm very blessed to have been with a lot of the who's who of the world, big names that you've had on your show and stuff. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So every morning we do that. And every night before we go to sleep, we not only pray for ourselves, our kids and our grandkids. We got five kids in our blended and six grandkids that are outstanding. I mean, I can brag about them if you want to hear that. But the, the point is, That does it because all of us are spirit. All of us are spirit before you're anything else. And you're, when we wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, it was because the world's soul was in trouble. We thought America's soul was in trouble. Jack and I didn't know it, not know, and and we did learn fast that the whole world's soul was in trouble and and that our book was assuaging it, amending it, and healing it, and 
hopefully helping it. And we're getting 5,000 letters a day saying, yeah, this, you changed my life and I was going to kill myself or whatever. Right. Or I was going to get divorced or I did get divorced. Thanks. I got to see that I was with the wrong person. It goes both directions. I know you asked a big question. And again, I'm remember I'm a professional speaker. So the danger is I way over answer stuff. No, this is beautiful. Okay. So Let's break this down because I love that tip from that 92-year-old man. That's a really beautiful thing. So praying together morning and night. Yep. For someone who's listening who has never prayed before, what does that look like? Like, do you take turns? Do you, are you praying for, can you kind of almost spell it out for us what you guys do every morning and night? Okay. So night is the most important thing. So remember, I say whatever, whenever you set your goals, you got to set your goals and they should be in a three by five little index card. And it says, I'm so happy and glad that I'm going to do X by doing X. And in my case, I'll go back to chicken soup. When Jack and I started, came out June 28th, 1993. We said in a year and a half, we'll sell a million and a half books. So I'm so happy and glad we're selling a million and a half chicken soup of the soul in a year and a half. And we sold a million and a half. And then the next year we wrote down, I, Jack said, you're nuts. We'll never do that. But we did 5 million. And then the next year we said we do 10 and the next year we're 15. Because the subconscious, the minute you write it down, it's true and you synchronize with it and catch up. So the same thing happens in prayer. At night, before we pray, we start with the Lord's Prayer, our Father, right? That's pretty comprehensive. And then go through that. And then we pray for our kids. And then we pray for the stuff that we believe needs to happen, whether it is physical for our health or one of our relatives' health, like we had one of our, our relatives have a uh, who's a great surgeon, but he was surfing and wrecked himself. And so we prayed for him. And I said, we either we or he will ask and figure out the solution. And all of a sudden, one of my colleagues and friends, Dr. Peter Demandis, runs Singularity University, MD from Harvard, PhD from MIT. And then I watched him talk to Elon Musk. And Elon Musk has created Neuralink. And Neuralink is making non-ambulatory people ambulatory. Now, remember, we prayed for it this night. The next night, Next day, I'm watching Elon Musk say, this is it. I called our doctor relative who will go on named because this is all going on right now. And he said, holy cow, I could do, I'll do that. I mean, you know, just fixing my brain with a neural link that, that Elon has created. That's why I said, Elon is one of my heroes. There are a lot of people who don't like him because he's, you're only supposed to do one thing. No, you're not. You got layers of genius. That's why that word, my house has many rooms. Unfortunately, they, the interpreters did. In Aramaic, I studied with the world's greatest Aramaic scholar, Dr. Rocco Erica. And and Rocco said, hey, Marky, it it works this way. It's dimension. That's the word. My house has many dimensions. Now, when I went into the dimension that I'm praying for my relative, relative, the answer is there. There's always an answer. There's always a problem and there's always a solution, right? But you've got to be open to both parts. you got to ask knowing that you're going to receive. Now, you don't necessarily know when you receive, but you cannot ASK without GTing the answer. And that's why we said the get part of it is gain every treasure. Well, a treasure, him getting back his health, because right now he's operating as a podiatrist, you know, laying down like this and looking all day. And now he'll get to be back ambulance, uh, vertical. <laughs> I know these words. <laughs> So you, you, you and, and a blessing can't happen until you give it away, right? And that's basically what prayer is about, is that you're blessing somebody else and inadvertently you'll get blessed. This is a whole giant karmic loop. But if I pray for you, like I prayed before we got on this show together, I prayed that you and I would have a great 
uh, resonance and then the crystal will make it back because the doctor's late. And, and if she does, she does. If she doesn't, you get to interview her later alone or with me, however you want to do it, if you want that. If I haven't overspent my time and all <laughs> And I'm so glad that you laugh at this silliness of mine. So that's what we do. And then in the morning, we wake up and, and we really either go a Bible verse or whatever's hitting us. And, and we're, I did chicken soup for the soul Bible, which when my publisher said, You'll never outsell the Bible. I said, well, will you let me do a Bible with you? He said, he, he's not very keen on spirit. And I said, he said, no. I said, well, write me a letter and give me permission to do it because I know who I want to take it to. And I took it to the biggest house in the world in spiritual stuff, Thomas Nelson. And the guy said, yeah, I'll give you money for that. Well, we sold 70000 a week at Walmart. And I did a little story to get us in the big story. Anyhow, we're going through the Bible together and we go through it. And then we literally say what it is that we would like to have. We have... Um, I, I expect you've been to, to Thailand and we have the Tibetan bulls where you go, and we literally, you ask, so I'm doing this. You've got seven energy zones called chakras when I lived in India, right? And we start by clearing the negativity out of the red, out of the orange, out of the power chakra, the yellow, out of the green, out of the blue, out of the pur- purple is God's highest color, top of the electromagnetic, and then the white energy orbit, which goes out, which we can take with curly and photography. And then we go into quiet time and and really get the answers to our stuff. And let me just talk to that. So I only do, when I write a book or have anyone write a book, I say, you got to be original. It's got to be transformational and it has to be inevitable. Well, the originality and ask is we started with a fable of Michaela, which is a transformative story. So Hollywood guy reads this and goes, oh my God, this is Harry Potter. We need to make it a movie. So calls us up and said, would you expand it? So I think Crystal created that because it's all her spiritual impress that we're going to write it together. But we wrote the whole book together with the exception of that. And she started writing it and it just came through. And now she's written like 130 pages of, of Michaela and they're, they're going nuts in Hollywood. They said, this is really going to be bigger than Harry Potter. We can't believe it. And the way it happened, I got to do this one part. One of the guys we interviewed in this story is a guy that is profound wisdom. He's blind. You got to have him on your show if you can. His name is Jim Stovall. He wrote the book, The Ultimate Gift, made a movie, The Ultimate Gift, sends it to me over a decade ago. And his friend, Charlie Tremendous Jones, says, Marky, you and I are friends for 50 years. You're going to write the foreword of this book. I said, Charlie, man, you don't know how busy I am. I haven't got time to write some of these forward. I got to read the whole book and own it. And he said, you're going to love this book. I read it and I was so wild. I said, this, now understand this guy's blind. He went blind at 19. Long story, he was going to be a champion football player. He became our Olympic weightlifting champion. Uh, just is an amazing story, but he thought he was dumb. Back to what I said, there's no dumb people. Some of you out there think you're dumb. You are not. You've got a genius hidden inside you, and I don't care what your mother's. You are never any opinion of you except yours and God's. That's it. This guy finds out he can write, writes this thing, and I write. He couldn't believe it. I said, this is so good. This has got to be a movie. Well, ends up making a movie, makes $100 million. And he says, I'm a blind guy who now writes books I can't read. <laughs> and I make movies I can't see. And he puts himself in every movie as a chauffeur with black glass, but he doesn't drive anywhere. <laughs> he was so cool. So when I talked to him on the phone, I just got to meet him a couple months ago. He invited us to his house for dinner in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we went over and we had the best time. But I've talked to him on the phone. Whatever I tell you is a lie, but 100 times, 120 times, 10 times. I don't know. It just, whenever I have a problem, I call one of my mastermind partners by phone. Never met him before physically going to his house. It was amazing. So I call him up and I say, Jimmy, 
Crystal's asked to write this thing called Michaela, and I know you've listened to it. He listens to everything. He listens to a book a day. He listens five times faster than anyone can listen. He also owns a company called Narrative TV for blind people. He has 14 million blind people in America paying him $10 a month. He narrates, they threw a right hook because a blind person wants to watch TV but can't doesn't know what the hell's happening on the screen. You can't see it. They're totally blind. And he's really a good, good man. So I said, I need your help. We got this. And so he gets online with us and our agent said, look, Crystal, he's right. There's going to be bigger than Harry Potter. What you need to do is let Michaela's spirit right through you. And that's, I'm telling you, it's unfolding. And they're saying, well, we want it to be a whole series just like Harry Potter. And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean is that when you're in alignment with the infinite and you're prayed up, so to speak, the spiritualist, it doesn't matter what church you go to or don't go to, what spiritual system you buy into or don't buy into, or you just find, you know, spirit within you. It, all that is the case. Have I, again, you ask these questions are so, if you'll forgive me for saying so, so pregnant with opportunity for me to answer. <laughs> no, it's absolutely beautiful. I love this. Thank you so much. Your answers are perfect. I'm enjoying this totally. I hope it's helping all the people out there. It definitely is. Tell me, you've spoken about God or source, love, the divine, whatever you want to call it. It's so important that we have a connection to something greater than ourselves, right? Correct. It's so important. For someone listening who doesn't have any connection, where do they start? And if they don't resonate with the word God or love or source or the divine or whatever, where can they start? Okay, so here's what you do. Go inside yourself and the way you do it, look, there's a hundred different breathing technologies. You and I know that. Piranha breathing. And I don't want to go into, I can teach those, but that's today we'll just do one. You do deep breathing. You breathe in for six. So it's literally like a box. It's called box breathing. You breathe in for six, hold for six, go sideways over, exhale for six, hold for six, inhale for six. And if you do that just three times in a row and close your outer eyes and just sit in silence, Prefer, you could lay prostate, and, you could lay flat in silence in your bed or on the sofa or on the floor. It doesn't matter where it is. And then you just say, okay, I'm listening for the first time. You're going to be in tune with the infinite at levels you didn't know. Now, some people are going to be able to go as far as Esther Hicks does and, and you know, communicate. Someone goes as far as Theo. Someone goes as far as, as Michael Splander. You ought to be on his show. I'm going to get you on some shows you, you're going to be loving. Anyhow, but Michael's the, probably the best teacher of automatic writing in the world. He wrote a whole book on it, which I obviously wrote forward to. But the point is, there's whoever you need is out there. And once you're listening to her, watch everything she's got, and then watch some of what I got. And then these other names that I've put up, if, if they fit for you. And if they don't like them, just kill it, shut it off. Because once you go on YouTube or Rumble or one of these 14 streaming services, there may be more, that's the number I was told. But if they're more, good. Anyhow, all the rest of us will pop up. And when we pop up, one of us is going to hit, maybe it'll be Ram Das, who's really Richard Elpert from Harvard as a friend. But, you know, one of us will pop up that resonates with you and you'll say, or Deepak Chopra, one of us will get to you. And I don't care who it is, because everybody is, a, if you make yourself available, you'll get there. If you do the deep breathing, the box breathing three in a row, it's going to, it's going to send you to different places. And if you're on drugs, you're going to want to get off drugs. 
probably an end. If you're doing too much sugar, you'll start to say, whoa, I shouldn't be a sugar junkie and wake up every morning by having three rolls at uh, whatever donut. Sugar is not supportive for anyone. No, use stevia or <laughs> honey or something, if a little in small dosages. Yes, exactly. Okay. So yeah, I, th- I think it's really important. And I've had the author of Shantaram, Gregory, on the podcast. And we were talking about devotion and he was in prison and he was in solitary confinement for two years and he was in prison for a total of 10 years. And he was sharing with me the power of devotion and having some sort of devotional practice every day to whatever it is, whether it's God or love, source, divine, whatever you want to call it. But having that devotional practice every day is very important. Like what you and Crystal do, you you pray morning and night. And something I do is at the end of my meditation, I do a prayer. So I meditate for 20 minutes every morning and I do a beautiful prayer where I surrender, surrender over, I surrender everything to the divine. I surrender over and I, and I ask to use me as a source for good. Use me as your vehicle for love. Use me and show me the way. Where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to inspire? How do you want me to affect people? And so I surrender that over. And I've been doing that for probably about 15 years. And it's really changed my life because it makes it less about me and more about serving the world. And what is the best single experience that you could enunciate right now because of that practice, which is a great practice? I think I have a 14 and a half month old baby, my first baby. And it's changed me. Having that devotional practice has changed me and has allowed me to be the mother that I always truly dreamt of being. And before that, I could have easily slipped into the programming of how I was parented. And I have, my parents are still together. They're beautiful people, beautiful people, but you don't know what you don't know, right? And I have a bonus son, a 16-year-old bonus son. And because I kind of was plopped into being a parent straight away in that relationship without any preparation or without any schooling, I defaulted into how I was parented. And yeah, that's not in alignment with my higher self. And I think by having this devotional practice, I've been able to show up as the mother that I truly want to be present, playful, patient. The three Ps, I call it, present, playful, and patient. They're like my three parenting goals every day. And by taking that time for myself in the morning to meditate and pray and surrender, it allows me to show up as that best version of myself. I love, I want to talk to it two ways. One is the hitchhike. If you could meditate and let the 14-month-old lay in your chest or in your lap when you do it, it'll be a wonderful practice because that's Crystal's mom, who is one of the high women on the planet also, and her dad was, her dad passed away now, but she's one of nine. And the mother used to do that with Crystal and A, it worked, and B, she could feel the resonance because th- there is no, the next thing I'm going to say for some people out there, go, boy, this guy's way too out there. But there is no time and space in, in spirit. I mean, Einstein, who I'm really a good student of, as because he was my teacher's teacher, Bucky Fuller's teacher was Albert Einstein, and took his stuff and finished it. But Albert would say, look, in the universe, there's no time and spirit. And and it's hard for us conceptually because we got watches and we got iPods and iPhones and all that to tell us time. So that is that thing. Those three words are just so 
they're poignant to everybody out there. And it, and let's do the other thing. Is it jump way? Some people didn't get to parent their own kids or weren't parented right. Resurrecting your mind, make it right. And then what you keep doing is, is in a secret place of the most high, you go to these elevators and say, what would it look like if I was an ideal parent? What would it look like if I'm an ideal wife? What would it look like if I'm an ideal husband? What would it look like if I'm ideal with my kids that I'm patient, I'm playful? I love that playful because my parents only knew how to work coming out of the depression. And I'm not picking on them. They were totally loving. They loved all my brothers. I would only have any sisters and myself. But their playfulness was zero because they, my dad had a black market sugar. I know because we, we had a bakery to feed my brother, older brothers than I am. I was born at the end of the war. They were born, you know, during the depression. And, and it just, you know, it, I, I certainly don't accuse him of anything. I mean, if we're going into a recession, depression right now, because of silliness, what I'm teaching is, look, every one of us, I'm now on business for a second. I'm jumping big from relationship to business relationship. We all have to find our own inner genius to exponentialize it because just in America, the number is 43 trillion. We're in debt that's spelled with a T and we only make 21 trillion. So we're halfway there. So the country's bankrupt, which is we lead the world still, whether you like it or not. And all of us that are, can work need to exponentialize. Now, if you're linear and you walk down a floor, 30 steps, you're 30 steps down. If you exponentialize it, it goes one, two, four, eight, 16, 32, but one dollar in 30 revolutions or turns or cycles becomes $1 billion. We need 22,000 of us to make a billion to get back to be debt free because there's no other way to do it because the Federal Reserve can't do it. The president can't do it. The prime minister can't do it. A king, a queen can't do it. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And then some of them may be well-meaning, not many, but some. <laughs> I know I jumped topics fairly quickly there. I apologize. No, that's okay. Tell me about success to you. What does success mean to you? What's your definition? And what do you attribute your success to? The second one is easier than the first one. The second one is that we tithe in every book. And I wrote a whole book, which I'll give anyone free if they go to reception at Mark Victor Hanson, we'll send it out free called The Miracle of Tithing, which is a miracle of giving. And I say, you got to tithe your thinking, your time, your talent, and then your treasures. Treasures is your money. That's the last thing. The most important thing is always going to be your thinking. And then you tithe your thankfulness. And you, the crazy thing is you got to be thankful in advance. So back to the first question is success. Success is being thankful and glad that you are plugged into the source so you can serve everyone and fulfill your life's destiny. Because we've all got this great destiny and you know, that some people out there listening and are shaking their head. Well, if I could shake them personally and say, look, the M&M team right now with you is doing everything we can to, to source you. We can't do it for you, but we can say, hey, wait a second. Look, everything is available for the first time in history. And yes, you may have gotten fired yesterday. Yes, you may have gotten divorced yesterday. Yes, you may have a wrecked body from a car accident or whatever. But all that stuff you can resurrect yourself. That's the point. And we resurrect as one-off. We come back as a one-off. And adversity has to be turned to advantage as a one-off. And the one-off is you deciding in favor of you. That's the high calling each of us has, which a show like yours is so beautiful because it, we're here to magnify, multiply, and, and uh, magnify, multiply, and something else. Are, there's a third M. I'm forgetting my own language. And Melissa and Markify. <laughs> That's really beautiful. I want to hear what's bringing you the most joy in your life right now. 
my life is is blissful joy. And that's one of the things we pray and meditate on. But I am elated that I've way found my perfect twin flame crystal. I am elated that our grandkids are doing such spectacular things. Like we got a nine year old grandkid who, when we started writing this book, we have, we own a company, an energy company, Natural Power Concepts in Hawaii. And we're on the beach after the meetings, and all of a sudden my cell phone rings and it, he had gotten a uh, gizmo watch, like I'd call it a Dick Tracy watch. And he can only call his grandparents and his parents. So I knew who it was immediately. It was Everett. He was six years old at the time. He says, Grampy? I said, yes. He said, are you alone? I said, not really. I'm on the beach. and There's thousands of people here in Oahu. He said, is Mimi with you? That he, She goes by Mimi. I said, yeah, Mimi's right next to me. I'll put her on speaker. I said, what do you want? He said, are you still writing books? Like chicken soup? I said, yes, sir. He said, can I write the next book with you? I've gone six years old. So the first story in there is about Everett. And this kid is so profound. First time he, we gave him a Rubik Cube, he did it in one minute. At six years old, he is telling his dad, he said, Grandpa said, I got to learn English and Spanish. And I'm there's a class at six o'clock. I want you to wake up, Dad, and take me. And Dad said, what? Anyhow, he also goes to a superstar little basketball player. His basketball coach is a physiologist, teaches him every physiological part. He memorizes all the physiology part. He can do it like a little ABCD, all that stuff. We're at an Easter party with a head of Mayo Clinic Research is right here in Scottsdale. It's big. It's $12 billion a year. And the head is at this Easter party with us. And I said, Dr. Bernardo, you got to see what this kid can do. He's six years old, does the whole physiology in depth. Bernardo said, I need you to come, but you can't let kids into a research laboratory during the day. Come after seven o'clock, you and, and his dad, our son Preston and, and little Everett. We go there. The guys, he has 20 doctors that can't believe this kid's got physiology memorized at six years old. He said, we want him to be a, a Dookie Hauser. Have you seen that show? We want him to come to medical school here at ASU, which is affiliated with uh, Mayo Clinic, which is one of the three best in the world. I don't think anyone would argue that. You know, as emergency medicine goes, these guys are the best. But he said, look, let's have the kid see how fast he can do an aneurysm in a simulator. And he said, he whispers to me, it takes my doctors a hundred times before they do it. Second time he does it, he does it. Bernardo said, I'm giving a kid a full scholarship. I said, I don't want it. He said, what? Nobody turns me down. I said, I'm turning you down because I've been with like Mary Lou Retton and she wrecked her life doing 18 hours a day gymnastics and didn't get to be a kid and doesn't have social skills and other stuff. This kid, I want him to be total. If he wants to be a medical doctor later on, he's got the competence. You know, I'd pay for his medical school, but I don't, I, I said, I don't want to wreck him. I want him to be a kid. Like I want your 14 month old boy or girl. Girl. I want that little lady to be everything she can be, but not get sucked into a system because somebody gives her a scholarship and says, this is what you're going to be. Because what I was saying earlier, all of us got to be a lot of stuff. And that's why I love Elon Musk because you know his story, but he says, I'm going to do this. And he does the Tesla. I'm going to do SpaceX. Or I'm going to go to the moon. I'm going to take a million people with me. He says, I'm going to do Neuralink and we're going to heal everybody's sick body. I mean, these are like, holy, you know, one would be cool, but he's got $6 billion businesses and they're all working. And what I'm saying is every one of us has an equivalent, equivalent of Elon Musk genius at a lot of levels in us. If they listen to this show and they wake up to their own greatness and they meditate on it and put it in writing, because the minute you put it in writing, like he put in 1995, Elon wrote, he would do all these things. And the professor said, I don't think so. And then, of course, he did PayPal and made $3.2 billion with 
Peter Thiel and all that. I can go through all that stuff, but I'm, it's our show. But what I'm saying is everyone has got this in them. And obviously I've built big companies. So, you know, lots of employees and did a hundred million dollars in just one company I did. So I understand how it works. And I just, I want everyone to fulfill whatever their ambition is. And I'm still, I think my kids would tell you I'm a good parent and a, a, I'm a better grandparent. <laughs> So beautiful. Yeah, you sound like an amazing parent and an amazing grandparent. And we do all have this magic inside us. And your little grandson sounds very similar to my 16-year-old bonus son who was solving the Rubik's Cube as well in 10 seconds. Like he would study the algorithms on YouTube and then be able to solve it by looking at it once and putting it under the table and he could do it without even looking. It's amazing. It's amazing. But that's how his mind works. You know, they sound like they're very similar in that way. So I love that. And if we can't constipate them, if you'll forgive me for saying it with school, school's great, but I don't want school to limit. I want school to initiate and expand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important what you said before about letting them be children. You know, I think in today's society, we're like teaching them to rush and do this and to grow up too fast. And I'm really conscious of that, like with my daughter, just allowing her to be a kid, you know, like straight away, they're like, okay, here's this and to mimic adults. And I love that sort of play, but we're kind of forcing them to grow up a little bit too quickly. Let them be kids, let them play. They're not here at this time to have to worry about anything. Their role right now is to play and to bring joy, which they do just by being who they are. They bring so much joy. So just allowing them the space to do that. Yeah. And to my parents' credit, my mother would whisper to her friends, and we obviously overlistened, overheard, but she said, I got the best boys in the block. And I got to say that my brothers have all done profoundly well in their own initiatives. None of us do the same thing, but they're all great. Oh, that's really beautiful. And that would have been programming you, even though that she was whispering it, you know, that programming, you would have heard that. Your brothers would have heard that. And that's all programming because some people don't get that. Some people get, she's slow or he's dumb or he's not very good at that or he struggles with that. Those things that parents say in front of their children, thinking that it's not affecting their children, it is. It is programming them. So we need to be really mindful of everything that comes out of our mouth, especially when our kids are around. I want to talk to that. Thomas Edison was kicked out of third grade, as you know, and the teacher wrote, this kid cannot learn. He's got an addled brain. Now, today we'd say he's ADD, and I'm ADD, so I'm real clear what that means. It means we're adding to the world. Now, most people, <laughs> most people think it's attention deficit disorder. I just got too much that I'm interested in that, that doesn't quite fit it, and I made it through school and all my degrees, but I'm not linear at all. As you can see, I can't even be linear in a conversation with you and for some people out there going, they're shaking their head going, why can't Mark stay on one point? Because there's so many points that all fit together in my mind. Anyhow, he, his mommy hid that from him. And when she died, he went, you know, the hope chest and all that, opens it up and reads it. And by this time, he has created the electrolyte bulb. He's created the phonograph. He says, boy, I guess having an adult brain is a good thing. <laughs> wow. And well done his mom for not telling him or ever saying it in front of him, you know? And that's the second thing. All those enunciations you made, which are correct, if your parents bemeaned you, belittled you, stifled you, stopped you, or said something negative, you need to go cancel, cancel, sweep it away, erase it out of your own mind, do whatever it takes, and write on a three-by-five card whatever you want to believe about yourself, 
Keep repeating it until it becomes the new truth of you, the new affirmation of you. Because if you live in the assumption of the wish fulfilled, like when I was bankrupt and had no money, I believed that I'd become a great and inspiring speaker. And I believed that I could become world's best-selling author. Now, there's no proof of that. There's no corroboration other than in my own brain. And once I started believing it, then the world started believing it. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. It starts with us. And it might not even be a parent. It could have been an auntie or a grandparent or a school teacher that says, you're stupid or you're dumb, whatever you know happened to Einstein in third grade. But it doesn't matter. Like It doesn't have to be our story and it definitely doesn't have to dictate our reality. So cancel, cancel, get rid of it and recreate what we actually truly believe about ourselves. So I'm doing this talk and I was really nervous the night before. I was, ABA, American Bookseller, had like 60,000 people coming and we we're the top book. And so they're having me do this seminar. We charge $1,000 per going to have 1,000 people the next day. But night I couldn't sleep because it was the world's best authors. I mean, John Grisham's going to sit in front of me and all that. And I go, holy cow. So I'm watching TV that night and, and uh, Don King, the guy who did the Rumble in the Jungle and booked the biggest fights and that, but he's a contrarian. And the, the journalist was caustically going after his jugular. And, and he had a little American flag. And what, what Don King kept doing is with the American flag going, cancel, cancel, sweep away. I don't believe any of that stuff that I'm stupid or I'm dumb or I'm not a good promoter or I'm not nice to Muhammad Ali or whatever the guy said. He just went like that. <clears throat> Next morning, I'm teaching to this thousand group. And I say, I watched Don King last night teach how to handle rejection better than anybody I've ever seen. Just get a little flag and just sweep it away. And Half hour later, Don King comes running down the audience. His I didn't know his manager was in front of me and called him up and said, Don King, uh, Mark Victor Hansen is bragging about you. you got to come and see this guy. I just went down the aisle, interrupted my whole talk, brought him up, and I said, I loved what you're doing. I'm glad you brought your flag because I want everyone here to know. Well, the audience just went nuts because I said, how many of you have ever been rejected? 100% by somebody, sometime, someplace, somehow, someone. I said, look, you got to learn what he did. Is He's got a lot of people saying, he was in jail for four years, sort of like the story you were telling about somebody else a minute ago, and he and he ended solitary confinement for killing a guy and all those things, and none of that gets in his way. He's now the world's biggest boxing promoter, and I'd never met him before, and he was certainly not my friend, and in the wrong place, he'd be dangerous to everybody, but in the right place in front of my audience, he tickled him, and he knew Shakespeare backwards and forward because he said, when I was in prison for four years, I read everything. Mm, yes. That was like Gregory Robert Davids, who wrote Shantaram. He wrote Shantaram in prison and did so much study. So, yeah, that's using his time very wisely, that's for sure. Tell me, what are you working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? You know, the road to self-improvement is endless. So I've got lots of things I want to improve, like Right now, because I'll have my big 75th birthday, I'm going to do 100 push-ups on my birthday, and then I'm going to push forward 25 years to 1,000 push-ups on my 100th birthday, because I figure I should tenfold. So that physically, I'm in great shape relative to most 74-year-olds, but, uh, you know, so I'm doing that. But we have this little publishing company that is changing the world. Like, we're down in, and we're doing all these great impact books, but we're down in Houston talking to 700 people about eight weeks ago. Little kid comes up with pimples on his pimples, shaking, and I, I've already talked. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, you're world's best-selling author, and you intimidate me. I go, I grabbed his shoulders. I said, just calm down, breathe deep. You and I are here together. I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not here to intimidate anyone, least of all you. I said, what's your story? He said, 
eight years old, I passed the real estate license test in, in uh, Ohio. I started buying my first real estate. I shoveled snow, bought a house, $1,000 down for $10,000 house. I now own 60. I'm worth $843,000. I said, you're worth $843,000. I said, this has got to be a book. I said, I own a publishing company. I said, I'm your new publisher. And we did his book and, and uh, came out on Sunday. And it's already number one on Amazon in the kid's book. It's called The Garage by Devin Woolwind. And it just, we're doing books like that because I didn't know when I was a little kid making money shoveling snow and delivering newspapers and selling greeting cards, I could have bought real estate. I could be richer than I am now. I mean, not, I just am so excited because the kid's really bright. So I helped write his forward. I said, are you a Boy Scout? He said, I'm almost an eagle. I, he said, I was going to quit though, just because I want to do business. I said, don't quit, get an eagle. I said, when people introduce you, it'll be so nice. Devin is over a million dollars and he's only 14 years old which he just turned a million two days ago. And, and he sent me all of his stuff. It's just amazing. I said, and he's an Eagle Scout and he's got a white belt. And I said, look, you're a martial artist like I'm, you got to finish your black belt. He said, well, this takes time. I said, everything takes time. But you're 14 years old. I said, <laughs> I said, we got to have all these credentials because you're going to wake up the young world. Like what you're saying about your 16 year old, there's so much potential. And everyone got it. And what we need to do is, is you and I be this stimulus. And they listen to us and they go, yeah, I could do more, be more, have more. And I could, you, if you double, you work harder. But to tenfold, you got to change your mindset, get change your money set, change your relationship set, change your faith set, change your experience set, change your friendship set, probably, if you're going to tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not always a walk in the park. No, it's gonna. It, it takes faith, and you got to have courage and and confidence. And if you don't have it, Eminem here on this broadcast is giving you all the confidence you need. All you got to do is say, "Look, Melissa and Mark sent me. I'm really shaky about this. Like that kid was shaky to meet me, but something great will come out of it. We're giving you full 100 confidence in yourself. Absolutely. Okay, let's pretend that you have a magic wand now and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. You can pick one of yours and then one from a different author that could go in the curriculum of every high school. The one of mine would be ask unequivocally because what if every kid learned to ask to fulfill their potential in all levels of life? The other book I think I'd do I'm going to do two, if you don't mind. One would be Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, just because that has helped me so much. And I've read it a lot of times. And Bob Proctor and I own two companies together while he's alive. So, and he read it every day and lived it as his Bible, so to speak, in addition to the Bible. He was really good at both. But uh, the other one would be Resurrection by Neville. It is a book that really teaches you better how to use your mind than any other book ever. Neville, guy's name's Neville Goddard, but the book only is called Neville. It's done by Divorce Publishing, D-E-B-O-R-S-S uh, publication. So, but it's a, when you read it, you'll read it again and again and again, and each time you'll get deeper as a person. So I, I would ask every kid to learn it because it's great to learn math. It's great to learn English. It's great to learn all the subjects of language, all that. But if you really learn to use your mind rather than your behind, boy, can you accomplish. <laughs> mm, absolutely. We'll link to those as well as all of your incredible books in the show notes. So people can just click there and go and grab those books. So thank you for those recommendations. Thank you. Glad. It, it, listen, I've never heard that question in high school. And I think high schoolers need to be able to implode some books that really make a like thinking rich is teaches the principles and philosophy of success in life after Dr. Hill, who I'm a scholar in interviewed 500 most successful people in the world and said, 
these are the 13 principles starting with desire. It's what gets you to rise higher and higher. But, you know, and thoughts are things. You've got to know these things. And, and unfortunately, there's no class in school that teaches these things. There should be a class on, on that and a class on ask, as far as I'm concerned. A hundred percent. And on so many other things as well. You've mentioned a little bit about how you bookend your day with prayer and devotion. Can you talk us through a quote-unquote typical day in your life? I know no two days are ever the same, but I love hearing about how people set themselves up for success. What are your routines and rituals? Can you kind of talk us through a typical day in your life? Well, my life is so exciting and so fulfilling. But let's say I'm at home right now because, you know, we still... Uh, we work out of the home office. We used to have a big office with 397 people, and that just ended because of COVID and all that. So, and all the people went on their own way and did well, thank God. But uh, we wake up, we do our prayer and meditation, we have our breakfast. I prefer to exercise in the morning, and if we can't pull it off because of podcasts or whatever we're doing, we'll do it at night. We are a member of a stellar club. If, when you and your husband and kids come here, we'll take you to this. There are three phenomenal clubs I've been to in my life, and ours is one, the Village here. It's got absolutely every play toy you'd want, but no golf course. It just has stuff and basketball and everything, but every kind of exercise stuff. So we exercise at least an hour a day together 99% of the time. And then we uh, obviously have two or three meals, and we do intermittent fasting and all that stuff because we believe in that. Um, But then more than not, both of us try to write first because our minds are really clear, especially after meditation. Usually, like when Chris, Chris and I have a meditation room and we've got all the crystals, we've got the bowl, we've got the sound, we've got everything. But usually after we do this meditation and, and uh, you know, we raise up to let the infinite intelligence come in and we do the full meditation. Usually she flies out of the room and, and right now because she's writing the rest of Michaela. She's right, and the stories just come through to her that the world needs to hear. So she does that. I'm writing a new book called... Um, because I, I think we're going into this disastrous financial time. And I'm spo- I was told I was supposed to write our way out of it. So I'm writing a book that I'm almost done with called Money Wants Me. Uh, because money wants everybody, right? And there's infinite amount of money available. And nobody knows that. That's the problem. I mean, universe was made. It's an infinite system. And spiritual language says it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But if you do it out of the Upanishads, out of abundance, here she took abundance and still abundance remain. There's only abundance. But if you look out of scarce eyes, like an economist, all economists teach scarcity. So if you're looking, right, Heisenberg's principle of indeterminacy, whatever eyes you're looking out of is what you're going to see. Seek and you shall find, right? So if you look out of eyes of lack, you find lack. If you look out of my eyes, you go, holy cow, abundance. So then the next thing happens is that I get wonderful, extraordinary telephone calls from people that are stuck one level or another. And to a person, I can say that, because I'm not stuck, I can see what they got and I can say their potential. And I say, if you'll just do this or call that person, or I synchronize you here. And and let me just give that example. Can I go deep on the example of yesterday? So I'm told to get with this kid named Travis Steffens. I met him on the phone yesterday, and already I've introduced him to about six people that he would never get to go, except that I say, you got to get with this kid. He comes out of a ranching family that has 6,000 cattle, 6,000 bison in Montana, but he owns real estate. And he said, look, I want to end homelessness. And we got a terrible, tragic, heart, painful problem to me. Seeing people living in tents and taking showers in front of fire hydrants is tragic. So he tests them and 60% of them have really good minds, but they got kicked out of their wife. They got divorced. They were a prisoner and nobody will hire them. So he hires them to build and he has a company called 
OurTinyHomes.com. It's headquartered here. He builds steel homes, 600 square feet. The day he takes them, he says, we're going to stay off drugs. We're going to stay off booze. You're not going to court. He takes prostitutes. He takes everybody, puts them to work at $120 to $180 a day. They build up their skill level. They get to build houses. And he's building houses so there'll be no indigent, no poor, no anything. And I went, oh, my God. I can introduce you to, I'm, I'm the spokesperson and, and uh, on the board of directors of Child Help, where we've helped 11 million kids get out of abuse, neglect, trafficking, and all that. 60-year-old, 70-year-old company, sorry, charity. And I said, they don't know you exist, and you don't know they exist. And, and so what happens is, at least two hours a day, I'm connecting people that could never meet each other for because they don't have the status, or they the phone call wouldn't get accepted, or whatever. And I just... As world's best-selling author who's, you know, talked 7,000 times around the world, I've met most of the who's who of the world are on platforms with me sooner or later. And I believe everyone out there has got to have your cell phone. And you've got, if you go down to the bottom of contacts, it says how many you've got. Well, I got 11,000 contacts that I really know 11,000 people. Average person knows 250 because that's how many come to a wedding or a funeral. Well, that to my, I'm now in judgment, but that's pretty anemic because you should, my recommendation, get off should. My recommendation is that you meet one new person every day, go to a lunch or breakfast or dinner with somebody new every day so you keep building your network because your network creates your net worth and it creates your future possible and future values. Does that make sense? So we're going to do a book with him called Homeless No More, just because we can get everyone off the street or you know at least 60% and give them an actual money-making job and, and give them self-esteem and so they love talking to their kids and family and also create houses because we're having a vast housing shortage in the world. Beautiful. So excited to read that. That's awesome. Okay. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. What's one thing that we can do today for our health? Exercise and think positive thoughts only, which is really tough. That's a hard discipline. But possible. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do it. I, I do everything again, not to buy into negativity. And if I do hear negativity, I spin it so I can figure out how a solution to it. Mm, I love that. What's one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Find your destiny code and you fulfill it. Some part of everybody's destiny code has either making money for themselves or for their charity or for their cause or whatever to make it infinitely better. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Oh, it's so nice to hear you talk about love throughout this thing. First of all, there's no love unless there's self-love. That's why the big guy said, love your neighbor as yourself. And you got to love yourself positively and correctly. And that could be as silly as waking up in the morning and going, Mwah! I love you, you sweetheart, you. And that—that that is one level, and I'm glad you laughed because I think it's cute to do that. But the other thing is write yourself a love note, why you love yourself, because nobody does that. And then write yourself a love note and put it on the mirror that only you get to see and you tell yourself while you're doing makeup or while you're shaving, you know, I really love you. You are really worthy of love. You are, muy, I won't do it in Spanish, you are most important as a person. Mm, I love that. I'm so beautiful. Self-love is Three, essential. Write a love note to somebody else that doesn't expect it. Mm, that's so beautiful. Especially if you haven't been nice to your mother or your father or your grandmother or grandfather in a while or your brother or your sister. And every one of us has one of those because they show up. Jim Rowan and I did seminars around the world. And Jimmy would say, there's only nine negative people in the world, but they move around a lot. 
(laughs) (laughs) He was joking, of course. Yeah, I love that. It's a beautiful thing. I'm going to go do that after this interview. I'm going to go and write a love note to myself and to someone else. Isn't that fun? It's so beautiful. Okay. In today's world, there's so much information. There's so many books, social media. It can feel quite full, right? How can we not get overwhelmed and not fall into the busyness trap or the comparison trap? The comparison trap, the only person you want to compare yourself to is you, and you've got to become your own greatest hero. That's the real truth. And all of us can get sucked in because the system teaches to compare. But you're, remember, you're only your opinion of you and God's opinion of you. And if you take God's eyes and look through your eyes and say, what would God make me manifest at my highest and best, and noblest and most important? That's the way to do that. Everyone can get sucked into business. And that's why it's so important that you vote on yourself and say early in the morning when you're doing that closed eye visualization after you do your blocks breathing and you say, look, I am not going to buy into business today. I'm going to accomplish these three things. And then I'm very happy with my day. And then I'm giving myself an hour of free time, the free time to read, free time to go for a bicycle ride, exercise, play tennis, golf, whatever it is that you do. You can't golf in an hour, but you can do miniature golf. And you really give yourself that freedom and freedom to be with your beloved, whatever it is that is free to you. But you, all of us got to not get sucked into the busyness trap. And we can do it if we decide to do it. And, and if you really get good at it, you decide, you color code your calendar. Dan Sullivan teaches this. And I took his class, of course. But you have free days. Free days for me are purple days where I will not work. I will not answer the phone. I will not compute. And free days leverage your other days. You have work days, which in my color coding is green because that usually means money making and and business dealing and colleagues and partners and all that stuff and business. And then you got yellow days, clean up your mess. All of us have messes. You got messes in the kitchen, you got messes in the garage, you got messes in your storage unit, you got messes in your finances, and you got you gotta have yellow days to clean those up. And you've got to schedule them because they hang over your head and that makes your busyness worse. Whereas if you really take a free day, you come back the next day. Now you feel like Tarzan or Tarzan. You beat on your chest and you go into your life with zeal and zest and excitement and enthusiasm, which is spirit within showing without. Mm, I love that so much. I love that tip. Thank you. I have everything in my calendar. Everything is scheduled. Every single thing. I live by my calendar. It's all different colors. I can see my husband's. I have a joint calendar with him. So anything that we both need to do. I don't know how people don't have a digital calendar where they schedule everything. I don't know how they do it. Do you have any purple days or free days? Usually Saturday and Sunday. But however, since having Bambi, that's my daughter, I tend to work on the weekends because I don't work all day during the week. Now, this isn't a habit that I really want to get into because I think it's very important that you completely switch off at least one or two days a week. So I'm working on how I can get more work done. With uh, We've got a nanny, so I'm working on how she can have Bambi for a little bit longer during the week so that I don't have to work on the weekends. Good. Exactly correct. Yeah. But you really, the free day is what leverages everything, which is when I first heard Dan teach that, Sullivan, yeah, you got to be nuts, man. I got to get done this stuff. And he said, look, you got 25 things you go on the weekend and say, well, then I'll be free on Monday. No, if you took the weekend off and really chilled your jets, 
you're going to really accomplish stuff because now you can tenfold yourself on Monday and you go through all the, and whatever the problem was on Friday that was insolvable, now on Monday you go, oh, that's so easy. I can do that. But if you come in there worn out, torn down, exhausted, you go, right? And that's why people are taking too much. I won't name any drug, but in America, we have a terrible drug problem because people are taking, they got too much anxiety. They got too much stress. They got, you know, uppers and downers and side. I don't do any drugs. So I do a lot of nutraceuticals that are healthy and safe, but I do, I take no drug. Mm. It's really important that we fill ourselves up on the weekends or whatever days you choose. Fill yourself up with family, love, you know, nature, all of those things. So you can go back into your week ready to go. So I love that tip. Thank you very much. This has been so amazing, Mark. I have loved this conversation. Is there anything else that you want to share or any last parting words of wisdom? First of all, I hope you'll interview Crystal because you'll find her enchantingly lovely, but uh, more brilliant than I am. So that'll be fun. And then number two is that if anyone out there is going to write a book sometime, go to markvictorhensonlibrary.com. And if we can help you, we will. We ghostwrite books. We charge 29900 but we really help you get it done and help you get it published and help you get it immediately ready to rock. And then we'll help you beyond that because we're doing impact books. If you have a message that can impact the world, then we want to do it. And I don't know any other publisher claiming that they're going to do that. We want to get the whole world thinking. And here, here's what I learned when my kids were in elementary school. I was helping out so much at the school. And a lot of the kids couldn't read because they were Vietnamese or Hispanic from Brazil or whatever, Portuguese or whatever. So we taught them how to write. And the minute they started writing, they fell into wanting to read. It was, it was backwards. See, we teach, let's, let me read to you and you'll learn how to read. Well, that's great. But 90% of the people work better if you tell them, we got to have you got to write a story. And when they write a story, now they want to read so they know how stories are written. It is amazing how that works. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, we'll link to your incredible publishing company as well in the show notes for anyone who wants to write a book one day or maybe right now. Okay. Thank you all. You are helping so many people. You are serving so many people. You are inspiring so many people with all of your books, your seminars, everything that you put out into the world. I want to know how I and the listeners can give back to you. How can we serve you today? I should probably have an answer to that. Uh, And all I'm going to do is say, if you like my books, please read them and share them with somebody else, especially this Ask book. Go over all the 178 questions with just one other person and you are going to find out who you are. They'll find out who they are and it'll make you, them, and the world infinitely better off. I really believe it. Mm, We have this great story. I got to go to Westminster Abbey when I was in London and and we go underneath through the crypt is in the crypt of an Anglican priest. And it says, at first I wanted to change the whole world and I found out I couldn't do that. Then I wanted to change just my country and I couldn't do that. Then I wanted to change just my family and I couldn't do that. I found out that if I changed myself, I could have changed my family, the country and the world. Mm, Beautiful. I love that so much. This has been so amazing. I could talk to you for hours. You guys must come over and visit. Come over for dinner next time you're in Australia. We would love to have you guys. But thank you so much for all the work that you're doing for your time today and for just being you. You are a ball of love and joy. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I feel so inspired in so many different areas of my life. I feel like I can do anything and achieve anything. 
One thing I'm going to do tonight is definitely write a love letter to myself and then write one to someone else. I really thought that was such a beautiful thing to do. It's so simple. And I want to encourage you to do the same. So go and make a note to do that this evening or whenever. And let me know how you go. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and hear how that went for you. And if you got a lot out of this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you never have to go searching for a new episode. Come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini. Tell me what you got from this episode and tell me how you went with your love letter to yourself and to someone else. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time... Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.